Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Nathan, I'll come to you first. The Hornets suck. So how much do we really read into what we've seen the last couple of games from the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, you got to read a little bit into it because... This was something that the Bucks couldn't do before. This was something that they struggled to do before was beat bad teams, get up against bad teams, you know, pummel bad teams. And it was like, um, you know, going into these two games, I was more nervous than I was for the the game against Minnesota or the game against Philly because I just felt like, okay, those games, they'll, they'll look good. They'll get up for them. They'll be their best. Um, and these two, you're just like, they might come out lackadaisical. They might come out and play bad defense. They might look like they did against the Grizzlies, you know, before the all-star break or the heat where they just, you know, can't get any stops and they just look, you know, disinterested. But both of these games, they came out, they played good defense, held them under hundred both times. Um, and, you know, Dame shot is looking a lot better from outside. Obviously Giannis is doing his thing and just overall this team is shooting well from outside. You know, we're seeing Malik Beasley get red hot again, so that's great to see. Um, I just think there's plenty of good things to to take from these two games, even with them coming against the Hornets, who they dominated all season long. But like, for, the, for them to be able to, to two games in a row, you know, dominate this team pretty much start to end. I know this would end up only being a 12 point win, but they were up pretty much 20 throughout. And if they can come out and you know, I expect them to not be quite as dominant against the Bulls. Uh, tomorrow being that it's a back-to-back and the bulls are better than the hornets but um, if they can come out and still you know control that game and get another win against a team that they should beat, you know then again that's three games in a row that they were able to do something that they haven't really been able to do much um, you know at all prior to this so yeah it's it's just good to see and good to see them kind of clicking and again dame getting his shot back and even bobby looks a little bit better pat's looking better from three you know, it's just it's it's good to see everything kind of gelling a little bit. See, and, and that's the thing, right? So 
when we talk about where the Bucks are and all the scrutiny Doc Rivers was under going into the All-Star break about being three and seven and God, this team is awful. And they were better with Adrian Griffin and they fired Adrian Griffin for no reason. A lot of that on national talk, uh, talking about how they fired Griffin for no reason. Uh, and now you look at it and you say, okay, we're starting to see a semblance of what we expected to see at the beginning of the year. This is what the team should have looked like, you know, from the word jump defensively is where they've taken the biggest steps, right? And transition defense uh, is the first aspect of where they've taken the biggest jump. Yeah, of course. It starts with the defense. Um, and, I mean, under Doc, I think it's basically since since Griffin got fired, so it includes the three games with Prunty, I think they're now fourth or third in defense overall. Um, and they are in the top 10 or top seven-ish. In Yeah, I got it right here. Coming into tonight. Since Doc Rivers took over, the Bucks' defensive ranks fifth in defensive rating, fourth in opponent points in the paint, second in opponent fast break points, first in the NBA in opponents' uh, field goals less than six feet from the rim. They were in the bottom half in all those before Doc Rivers took over. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, that says it all. You know that, and and in that stretch, it's not like they've played no good teams. You know they. They've gone against the Nuggets twice with with yeah. Doc Rivers. They've gone against the Mavs. They went against the Pelicans. They went against the Cavs. They went against like they've the, the Minnesota, you know, like you said. Yep. Yeah, they played Minnesota. They've played plenty of good teams in that stretch. Phoenix, like it's this hasn't just been a cakewalk of all games against you know the Spurs, Pistons, and Hornets the whole time. So for them to put up those type of defensive performances, and this is why people were prior to those two games, you know, like, like we were very, you know, bullish on them prior to those two games before the all-star break where they looked really bad against Miami and really bad against the Grizzlies prior to that, even though they were losing games under doc and they didn't have a good record, the defense was playing well and people could, you could see that, like you could see, Hey, this defense looks better. This defense guys are trying harder. They're right. You know, they have injuries and they're still only allowing 110, 115. Like that's much better than before. But people that aren't watching the games, people that aren't paying as much attention, just look at it and say, oh, they're three and seven. They've sucked under Doc Rivers. And it's like, no, 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 that's not necessarily the case. And now we're kind of seeing the whole thing come together where the offense is not catching back up and the defense is staying at that level. And yeah, I mean, again, they've taken the two things that they completely were, um, you know, that that were their weakness, which were points in the paint and um, fast break points. And they've turned them into huge strengths right now. So for Doc to be able to do that has been has been huge, and I think just the way he's used Brook Lopez, you know, turning him back into a super elite defender. I I was always on the the camp that you know it wasn't Brook himself that was the, like a problem defensively. It was more the scheme and the the personnel and all that stuff, and just not you know putting him in a good position. And we've seen since you know Doc took over how good Brook has been on the defensive end, and they're keeping him around the rim more and using him the way he's meant to be used. And it's like wow, you're, you know, coaching to your players' strengths. Like, that's amazing. You know, I can't believe it. But, um, yeah, it's just, again, great to see them clicking on that end. And the offensive side, uh, one of my favorite moments of this game, Brooke Lopez blowing by Grant Williams with a little dump-off pass for an easy basket. I, I love seeing Grant Williams get abused uh, in any game anytime he gets beat because, as we all know, you and I both don't like Grant Williams. So that's always fun. And to see him on a losing team also makes me smile. Uh, as well, watching Grant Williams lose a bunch of basketball games. Okay, the other part of this, and I saw you tweeted this out. 
Uh, and again, if you want numbers, Nathan Marzian is your guy when it comes to Bucks basketball. Like nobody has more numbers at his fingertips than Nathan Marzian. And Nathan also is the president of the Giannis fan club, I would say, for the most part. And this dude here came up with some stats on Giannis shooting three. And I just started laughing. I read it. I was like, oh, my God. That's really funny. And it was funny. But I'll let you go Go ahead and, and give the numbers if you have them. Otherwise, I saved the tweet. I can give the numbers if you don't have them. Uh, and it, it was comical because he is shooting the ball better from three. Like, there's no question he's shooting the ball better. Uh, but when you put it into perspective the way you did, really makes you understand uh, how much better he's shooting it. Yeah, so I I just looked at his number. It's This is three-point percentage since January 24th. So this is about a little over a month. Um, and he's at 41.7%, and that has now gone up because he went two for two tonight. Right. So um, that's even higher, but that's higher than Donovan Mitchell, Luca, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Tyrese Maxey, Halliburton, Tatum, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal, Jalen Brunson, Kevin Durant, Dame, Jokic, De'Aaron Fox, Paul George, Jalen Brown. Now, obviously, the caveat in all of this that Marzian does not put in a tweet is he probably no, this, has taken this, several less three-pointers than all of those other dudes no, have this, uh, this is just in that same month time. This is just a stat that says Giannis is a better shooter than those guys. He's just a better shooter. No, no, it, uh, of course. Of course, it's, it's you know, I said it's tongue-in-cheek, and it's it's obviously he's taking he's taking basically two per game, less than two per game. 